Snap. Three snaps in a Z formation. Work. They did it. You made it happen. Here we are together. Making it. For you, dear listener. For you, dear listener. So good. So good. I'm Emily. I'm Lady. And I'm Natalie. And this is You You Made Made It, It, a Gockleworks podcast. You Made It is a podcast exploring the living history of creative communities, artists, makers, and the things that they make. In partnership with Pagoda City Studios, we come to you from Goggleworks, one of the largest art centers in the country, headquartered in a former Goggle factory in downtown Reading, Pennsylvania. Hey, listener. Welcome back to You Made It, a Goggleworks podcast. What up, Emily what up, what up? is supposed to be providing us with our introduction this week because I almost always do them, and here I am yet again doing them. <gasps> and she has a mouthful. I'm doing. She has like a baseball size amount of soft pretzel in her mouth. Oh my god! Because she, she, she hungry and <laughs> humble and curious and smart and smart. Yeah, I don't get that one. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> we had a great event this past weekend, handcrafted holiday market here at Goggleworks. What was that? Well, that was a handcrafted holiday market. <laughs> what a great name! A holiday market, yes. Um, Wait, so they there were crafts that were made by hand. You got it right on the head there. Oh man! But oh. we had more than that. We had workshops. We had free free movies. Free movies. Yeah, we did Elf. some screenings. Elf, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and Christmas in Connecticut, which I've never seen, including now. I didn't. You still haven't seen. Well, it. I was working. Right. And nothing doesn't say, like, you're a bad worker than, like, just sitting and not doing anything while you're at work. But it was really fun. There's music. A lot of people, thousands of people came through. It was a fabulous event. Yeah. And it got me in the holiday spirit. You I've been spending for months. (laughs) All her spending is finally justified. Do you all spend a lot of money for a present? I mean, like, this is not a judgment thing, but, like, I don't care for the consumerism and capitalism that drives the winter holidays, and I try to, like, make. So do you find yourself, Mm. like, making more or spending more? I spend a lot. I make cards. I kind of like collage stuff. I do, like, newspaper and magazine collage, mostly just for family and friends. I've done some making in the past, you know, in those really, those tough years. Mm -hmm. The money is tight. Mm. You got to DIY something for your mom. <laughs> she's getting she's getting a paper plate with your face on it from mm-hmm. fourth grade. She's getting she's getting something just covered in yarn, just covered. <laughs> she's getting something made out of an old sock. I don't know, you know right. that's happened. So, um, I, and I bet she opens it and she looks at it and she's like, "You made it." Yeah. And, and a single tear. But it's more. It's, you made this. <laughs> you know? I sure did, Mom. You're welcome. Well, someone else has made it today, and I'm so very excited to introduce this guest because this guest is like my everything. She's my all. She. We work together in so many different capacities. We wear so many different hats for each other, and sometimes dresses, and sometimes (laughs) petticoats. 
she books our films for us at Goggleworks. So she's not a Goggleworks <gasps> employee, but she books our films for us. She runs a local theater company. She is a theater maker herself. Her name is Vicki Hallergraf, but I'm also going to call her Vicki Hallergraf. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the studio, Vicki. You, you made, made it. it. Thank you. Thank you all so much for having me. This is very exciting. <laughs> I'm so excited you're here, and it's not lip service. Like, you're just one of my favorite people. You make me so happy. Aw, same. Yeah. Totally the same. Please tell us about yourself. Who are you? Who are you? I am Vicki Hallergraf. Yeah. Um, I'm a theater artist. I'm not from here. I grew up in Florida. I went to school in Indiana. I moved to Pennsylvania after college to Bethlehem to work at a theater company there. And then mm. I moved to Reading um, and have stayed here for quite a while, since 2009. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. Not close to being native. I understand how Berks County is. And like you have to <laughs> have been born here and like go back, you know, multiple generations to really be from here. So obviously that's not me, but I... Do love living here. <laughs> Do you bathe in lard? Not yet. Oh, that would make you native. <laughs> That's did. true. That's a really good point. Maybe this weekend I'll try it. The sweet secrets of Brooks County. Yes. This makes me think of Martin's potato chips because they're mm. cooked in lard and they're the best. They are so good. Cooked in lard. It's ridiculous how good it is. It is. It's Vegetables good. always better with lard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and apparently humans in mm. baths. Yeah. Totally. So you've lived here since 2009. Yeah. You also lived, you studied abroad. I did. I studied in um, England for a semester in college, and then I spent a summer in Bangkok, Thailand. Whoa. Yeah. That was cool. I want to hear more about, I heard, I've heard so little about that part of your life, and I, I think this is a great place for you to tell us about Okay. It. Yeah. Um, so the story is I was um, auditioning for graduate school at Columbia, and I knew almost right away that it wasn't for me. <laughs> So I was just there kind of wandering around and I saw this board of um, summer opportunities for their students and one jumped out at me and it was called the Bangkok Performing Arts Boot Camp. And so I took a flyer and I contacted them and I was like, look, I'm not a student at NYU or Columbia, but I just graduated and um, from this other college and I really want to study with you guys in Bangkok this summer. Um, so they accepted me and I went and it was at the Patravati Theater. Um, so we we studied Thai dance drama and drumming, and we also studied uh, like American. We had some American teachers as well, so we studied movement theater and design and um, all kinds of things. Yoga. It was amazing, and it was like we were so. It was a bunch of American students in Thailand, and we lived at this theater, and we ate at this theater, and sort of around this neighborhood, and we were so far out of our comfort zone. Then it made it so easy to just keep going further out of our comfort zone to make theater. Yeah. Which was really amazing. Yeah. What year was that? 2004. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Have you been back since? No. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever go back. Wow. It's. I mean, not because I didn't like it, because I really liked it. Yeah. But it's just so far. Yeah. And there's so many places to go. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I want to keep going to new places. What's the top of your list for a, a new place to be? Uh, visit. Oh my gosh! Um, I really want to go to Barcelona, Barcelona, mm. Barcelona, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really want to go to um, like the Caribbean. Yeah, I grew up in the, on the beach in Florida, but it's different. Totally, <laughs> it's different when you grow up there than when you actually are on vacation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. you know, I'll take the Jersey Shore any day. 
You can have it. That's all you. I only went to the Jersey Shore for the first time in 2000, in 2020, actually. Whoa. Yes. Which shore? Which um, we beach? went to Avalon. Oh. Yeah. So it was a very nice, nice situation. Yeah. That's quiet. Yes. Like it's yeah. not too like. It was uh, lovely. Great ice cream. Great beach. Or, sorry, shore. It was nice. <laughs> I, I will never subscribe to saying down the shore. No, it's weird. It's, it doesn't come naturally to me. It's like standing online. What do you think? <laughs> what? That doesn't. Cue that's up. for our other podcast where we make fun of <laughs> idioms and sayings. I would love to be on that one too, though. Oh, sign me up. Be a hit. So, Vicky, I'm hoping that you can help our listeners understand a little bit more about the film business. Sure. Because one of the things that we get asked a lot <laughs> is like, "Hey, why can't I buy my tickets?" to something that's like three or four weeks out. And this, I'm still learning. Like, you still <laughs> yes. teach me things about my job. But can you just explain briefly, like, what is the, what's the catch? Why is it that we do not start selling tickets typically until, like, Monday? Yeah, so uh, my day job is at Fox Theaters, yeah. um, which locally is Fox Berkshire. Uh, it's super fun. Um, and I do film booking and special events, both in-house and, like, rentals when, you know, you guys come and, have an event at our theater, whoever. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I get to do is book the Goggleworks movies. So I, that's first how we got to know each other, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, and the way the whole film industry works across the whole country and Canada, I believe, and probably in other countries too, but I don't know because I haven't lived there, is that on Monday morning, film bookers all around the country are scrambling to figure out um, how movies did over the immediate weekend as far as how much they grossed and will they continue to play, which we call holding over, or will they final, which means uh, coming off screen. So for Goggleworks, which is a one screen theater, it's more um, urgent because there's not uh, options here. Like there's one choice. (laughs) There's one place to play the movies. Um, So we typically book one movie a week, but then sometimes something like um, like Banshees of Inisherin will do extremely well and have a great crowd and will want to hold it over, want to play it longer. Um, which will push back the other movies that are booked the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we can't really make decisions ahead of time because we don't know how things are going to go. Right. Um, and right. we just make decisions on Monday mornings. Yeah. And it could be a fantastic film. Absolutely. And for whatever reason, something culturally, something socially, something happened, and it didn't do well. Right, like it's doing well in other markets. It didn't do well here. And so we don't know. We don't know, especially based on just like trailers and synopses of of films, are they going to do well here? We always hope so. Of course. (laughs) Of course. We wouldn't book them otherwise. Um, But you also, I, I mean, I've been in this job now... 15 months over a year and like I've never heard the word final for when we decide not to carry over or hold over a film so like I'm still learning I'm still learning I've been doing this for almost eight years and I feel like there's still jargon that I'm learning and just relationship building kinds of things yeah it's just different from anything else I've done and you book not just for Fox Berkshire Mm -hmm. and for Goggleworks but you also Fox own some theaters in other places. At this point, we just have one more theater in Ocean City, Maryland called Fox Gold Coast. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's right by that big mall. It's true. What's that name of the mall? Gold Coast Mall. Oh, duh. (laughs) (laughs) That's where it is, listener. Um, Yeah. So that's that's one part of what you do. It's true. But it's awesome. And we wouldn't have a theater without you well you would but we'd have we wouldn't have films without you <laughs> i mean somebody films. would be doing it somewhere I guess, but not as well or as, oh, fun, well, thank you. as fun as you i really enjoy it i love 
I've all, I came to Goggleworks for years before I worked at Fox and got to do this part of the job. So it's really exciting to sort of come full circle and get to have a hand in picking the movies. Yeah. Is holding over for our theater based on our sales alone or is it based yeah. on the larger? Your sales alone. Interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. So for your customers, if people want a movie to stay here for a while, they have to come see it and tell their friends. Right. That's, that's it. Right. That's yeah. how the decisions are made. Become a repeat offender. See yeah. it. More than once. We've yeah, got like some of the cheapest movie theater tickets <laughs> true. in the world. It's really I'm true. thinking. So like very delicious popcorn. Great popcorn, a very clean popcorn machine because mm. I'm neurotic. Local beer. Local beer. Nice. Little vino. Yeah. Little soda. And some Starbucks double shots. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. And the staff is What's just so like? nice. <laughs> totally. I had no idea you were Vicky from Fox. <laughs> I've heard about you for so many years, and I saw you in script. I was making no the connection. Oh my gosh, that's I thought so for funny. sure you weren't because I thought that's why the Vicky from Fox was like. That's great. I wear a, a lot of hats. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us in the arts community do, right? Yeah. 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 I told Vicky the very first time I met her that I fully expected her to be like in a black turtleneck <laughs> with like a pair of glasses that are like a pop of color mm-hmm. and like smoking a cigarette and just looking down at me because like that's how, that's what an outsider I was to the film community. My entire background is performing arts theater. So I accepted this job and it's a movie theater. And that is just my like ignorant perception of people in the film industry is like they're all just like they take themselves so seriously. They're always wearing a beret. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, I'm and sorry I didn't wear all of that to meet you. I Next time I ne- meet a new person, I will do that because that sounds amazing. Well, if <laughs> I so ever good. have amnesia, like yeah. if I like Hallmark <laughs> movie, bop my head. I can't wait. I can't. Just hit me that. Okay. <laughs> we'll have a quick change. Um, so, Emily, you brought up Scriptprov, and I didn't even use that as a part of my introduction, but okay. you act with us. I do. I, I brought this show back from Denver called Scriptprov. It's part scripted, part improv, all fun. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so you act with us, but I'm, I w- would love for you to tell us about Reading Theatre Project and what you do with them. Sure. So I'm the artistic director of the Reading Theatre Project. I've been doing that for 10 years which is weird. A long, like it's a long time. Um, and so Joel Gorey, who, you know, lady founded Reading theater project in 2003 and he ran it for a while and then sort of paused because it's a lot of work to run a theater company and you really need like any nonprofit or any arts experience. You need a group of people behind you. And he didn't have that at that point. So we met when I moved here in 2009 and he said, Hey, I have this theater company. Do you want to run it? And we'll like, I'll help you. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Because <laughs> um, that that's my background is also in performing arts like you. Yeah. So we sort of started, we had like $80 in the bank and like a couple of ideas. And um, we had been doing children's theater together with a couple other folks at Yoakum, uh, at the Yoakum Institute. And um, we decided to do theater for grownups. And so our first production was called Maybe Honest. It was this, um, a very intense and serious production about the life and trial of Susanna Cox, who was the last woman hanged in Berks County. Mm. Oh, um, wow. And it was very relevant because she was hanged for allegedly killing her child. I do don't mean this? to interrupt you, but is no. this the reenactment that they do at the Kutztown Folk Festival yes, every year? Yes, we did not do that, though, because no. that is terrifying. It is. No offense to them. No, I it love is. that they do it, but it's... it's They have, like, yeah. a whole, like... It's, like, a set and, like, like a they gallows, everything. Every yeah, like, and, an effigy. Yeah. We did not an hang actress. anyone in effigy. No, no, no. No, oh. it's, a, it's a dummy. Oh my gosh. You, it's yeah. very obvious that it... 
Disclaimer, it's very obvious yes. that it is like a dummy made of like sheets. Like it looks like a bag of sheets. <laughs> I don't know why that's what's going to my head. So but, Kutztown is what, like half an hour north of here? Yeah. Right? Barely. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But they do this thing where they reenact, and her name was Susan. Susanna Cox. And she was a servant um, in the Oli Valley. Um, she didn't speak English. She only spoke German, but she was in this English-speaking home, and her trial was all in English, so she couldn't speak. Only mm. men spoke for her. I mean, like, we were reading the trial um, transcripts and just different newspaper articles from the time and were astonished at the parallels to things that could be happening right now. Mm. So we created this production um, as an ensemble, which was really exciting to do. And we had, um, so it was in three acts. The first act was sort of the trial with pieces of memories um, sort of throughout. And we used the real trial transcripts and then added text to that. The middle act, we had the audience move around to different rooms in this building. It was in the tea factory, which was a co-working space in South Reading. Okay. It's no longer there. Mm. So the audience moved to three different rooms and one room was two women gossiping about Susanna Cox. One room was Susanna Cox imagining different outcomes for herself. And then the last room was like, um, sort of like the newsreel. Even though the story takes place in 1809, we imagined like, what if there were news reporters or This American Life covered the story or whatever else. So we were just kind of playing with levels of storytelling and gossip and how information gets passed around. And then the final act of the play, the audience came back together with the actors and it was the end of the trial. And the play sort of ended with her almost suspended like she was her feet were on the ground but you couldn't tell like was she I mean we know that she got hanged mm -hmm. yeah um, and we know that from history that it was a huge event it, there was a parade and a picnic like people came to watch this and we've <laughs> it was so like weird to us and interesting and terrifying yeah. um and so we sort of incorporated all of those things into the theater production. And it was great. And so we did that. And we were like, okay, let's do some more. And so we did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and here we are 10 years later. Yeah. Wow. So Reading Theater Project largely focuses on like devised work, new work. Yeah, local. I say new work um, okay. because sometimes it's plays, sometimes it's it's devised mm -hmm. um, or like sort of created with a group. We did improv for a while, actually. Um, we've done a lot of play readings. We're really trying to cultivate local writers. Mm. We have a show on BCTV where it's called uh, Reading Reading, or is it Reading Reading? No one ever knows. <laughs> no one knows. Um, no is one, not even right? me. Is that right, though? Is it Reading Reading? It's Reading Reading. But the song <gasps> was written backwards, which is the best. <laughs> so the song is Reading Reading, like the, yeah, you know, like the, the, the intro. intro song. And that's you. <laughs> It's me. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I'm rapping on it, which is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, you're um, a good rapper. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up in the 90s. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, and on reading, on sorry, reading, reading, we um, we read 10-minute plays, but mostly by local writers, sometimes people from further away um, via Zoom. And we have actors read the scripts, and then we interview the playwrights just to sort of uncover the creative process a little bit. You do so much. Thanks. We do. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I was curious. I read that you'd written some operas. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> about like, like local things. Yes. I, I, I'm, I love stuff that is connected to yeah. based in Reading. Like, cause how often do you get to, you know, experience something, whether it's literature or music or, you know, something that is 
about somewhere where you live. Yes. I just think that's so fun. So, exactly. Yeah. What What were they about? Um, so I work with a composer named Chris Heslop, and the first thing we wrote was a children's opera called The Bear Prince. Um, the Yoakum Institute commissioned it, and um, it wasn't about Reading. So, mm. but that sort of like got us started with opera, and we were like, okay, if we can do this, let's do something else. So Reading Theater Project and Burke's Opera Company partnered together to create a new opera called De Ponte. And it has a very like stupidly long subtitle that I can't remember. <laughs> but um, Lorenzo De Ponte was Mozart's librettist. So everybody knows who Mozart is. And the librettist is the person who writes the words. So that's my work in mm -hmm. opera also. So I felt a connection to him. And he had this completely outrageous life. So we, like I and, and a few other folks, read his biography and some articles and books about him. Um, I mean, he was like kicked out of Venice and um, kicked out of Austria because he was so like just wild and gambling. And like he he grew up Jewish and then he became a priest and then he had all these lovers. And then like one of his lovers fed him poison and he lost all of his teeth. Oh, <laughs> and I mean, just like totally ridiculous. Wow. But he wrote these um, libretti, if I can use the plural Italian. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> For Don Giovanni, which is like a very famous opera, mm -hmm. and um, Magic Flute, and mm. uh, The Marriage of Figaro. Mm. So, and that's it. That's all, like, that's what we know him for. Yeah. And the connection to Reading is that once he got kicked out of Europe, basically, he um, got married to a woman and moved to Pennsylvania, to Sunbury, which is sort of in the middle of the state. And he would travel to Philadelphia because he had a grocery store because that's what you do after writing operas. Of course. Right. Yeah. Right. So he would travel to Philadelphia and he would stop in Reading. So in the opera, you know, it's like going through his whole life story. And in the, you know, the beginning of the second act is like, DePonte comes to Reading! It was like a big <laughs> moment and, you know, four-part harmony. And it just, it was so, like, just very silly. Yeah. But we loved that... You know, we in Reading, this like little town that's it's so hard to get anywhere and people only know it from Monopoly or being the poorest city. Like we right. have this connection to Mozart. Right. And that's amazing. Yeah. And it turns out like the Susanna Cox story like this, there's a ton of stories here. And I think everywhere, mm -hmm. everywhere you live. And so part of what like you, like what I love doing with Reading Theater Project is uncovering those stories and turning them into theater because yeah. it's a great way to get them out into the world and share them with more people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or opera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got so to cool. see a dress rehearsal of another opera yes. that you were the librettist for. Yes. And I learned that, like, Reading, Pennsylvania had its very own kind of, like, Sweeney Todd kind yes. of character. So oh. then, um, yeah. like, during the pandemic, like, my <laughs> pandemic project was writing another opera. Um, just the words. Don't get excited. So this was called <laughs> of, uh, of Valleys and Mountains, and it was about who I might think of as the best person from Berks County and the worst person from Berks County, Mountain Mary, who was a healer and um, sort of, she's like a person who brought together like the white people and the indigenous communities of her time in like the mid 1800s. And she was a woman who lived on her own. She wasn't married and she was revered by everyone in the community. And they say when she died, like, you know, there was a line all the way down the street and you can go to Mountain Mary Road. There is a road in Ole now called Mountain Mary Road. Yeah, and her property is is still there, and I mean, you can as somebody lives there, so don't just like go snoop around. <laughs> <own, but. laughs> there go my afternoon yes. plans. <laughs> you know, but like this person lived here, and so her, yeah. you know, so like, what does it mean that she lived here, and you know, like, sort of 
like her energy is in this place. Yeah. And then the worst person was this guy, Matthias Schombacher, um, who lived in this little house up on Hawk Mountain. Um, now it's just a storage house, but the legend is that he killed 11 people and like sold, this was like, again, like a little bit later, um, just after the Civil War, he would sell their clothes in the market and maybe he cooked them into pies. That's the Sweeney Todd connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he like, you know, just buried their bones in the earth, but there's ghost stories now. So it's, um, I don't know. So we were trying to find one story to tell, but these two kept calling to me and I thought it was really interesting sort of thinking about the best and the worst and trying to find like, how does a place have these extremes? And what does that say about us? Like, are we, are we capable of such good or such evil? And is it a choice? Is it who we are? Is it the earth that we're standing on? Like, what is it? Yeah. So that's that. I've just learned so much. Um, <laughs> like, Schombacher had a hotel, right? So yes, people would stay exactly. there. Yes, he had a they tavern. They would come through so, and yep. stay there, and then they didn't have phones and stuff <laughs> tracking your location. Oh my God. Wait, so they'd already be like traveling <laughs> yes. out west or wherever they were headed, and then stay there and then not make it out. Yeah. Right. And at, this, at that point in time, this was like the frontier. Yeah. So, you know, it was like we think about, it's hard to imagine now standing at the top of Hawk Mountain. I mean, you can certainly see a lot of like trees when you look there, but imagine only seeing like trees and plants and there's no roads and right. there's no uh, houses and uh, shopping malls and whatever else, mm-hmm. movie theaters. Yeah, Boy <laughs> Scout, just, yeah. Boy Scout troops coming up. Yes. Like, there's a hole. <laughs> right. Yeah, like none of that. Yeah. yeah, it's just birds and trees. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how would you get through? Yeah. <laughs> so you've been in Reading now. Like third. 13 years? Math is hard. Yeah, it is. Sure. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not. It's fine. <laughs> what do you love about this place? I love that I can really get to know people here. Mm. Um, I always wanted to be an artist in a place. Um, like after college, a lot of my friends went to New York or Chicago or L.A., and that never appealed to me. Like they spent all their time hustling and auditioning but not actually getting to do theater very much. Uh, some of the lucky ones did. And that... Just, I, I didn't want to work that hard at something that I, <laughs> that like wasn't my goal. Like I didn't want to just be a waiter or whatever for a long time. Right. Um, I wanted to do theater. So I found this like internship at Touchstone Theater in Bethlehem that was an acting internship. So I, when I was 24 years old, I was already doing the work that I wanted to be doing. And yes, I was also waiting tables and like not making a lot of money at art, but I was doing the art yeah. and like building the skills and the relationships and the knowledge and experience and everything. Mm-hmm. So when I moved here to Reading, I guess like I found like this is a place I can still do that. Yes, I have to have a job, but like I have a job that I really like with people I like um, in a field that's adjacent to performing arts. And I can make theater here and I can like get to know people and like build relationships and, you know, like make an impact. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that you can do that in a bigger city very easily. It's hard. Yeah. It sure is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And like really like the connection is so important to me with theater and with all of the arts. Like that's what it's all about for me. So I I can get that here in a way that I can't in other places. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Is Touchstone Theater, is that at the Ice House or is that a separate production? Um, No, it's a separate place. It's on the south side of Mm, Bethlehem. Okay. Like near Lehigh. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's a very cool place. What years were you there? 2004 to 2010. Okay. We like lived near, very near each other That's during that time. Amazing. Yeah, because I was at Muhlenberg College oh, while yeah. you were at Touchstone. 
Weird. So we were destined to become friends. Well, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Now we just need to go out turtleneck shopping. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. <laughs> um. I'm sorry. That was- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't wear a turtleneck. Next time. Next time. Next time. What else? What are your favorite types of plays to act in or do you like the improv a lot more or <laughs> <laughs> um I do like improv I feel like improv has helped me become a better writer actually mm. um improv is all about yes and and like sort of not like holding on so tightly to what you think is coming next, but just being open to it. And with writing, I find if I like hold on really tightly with what I think the story should be or the play should be or the text should be, it doesn't work. It's awkward and weird. But if I'm just sort of open to the characters and let them not like tell me what to say, I'm not like mystical about it. But if I just sort of like follow the story as a writer rather than trying to like command it, um, like with improv, I feel like it helps me a lot. As far as acting, I like doing everything. As I've gotten older, I find I like doing sort of the weird and sort of kooky characters much more than like, you know, when I was younger, like I wanted to be the lead or the ingenue or whatever. Um, and I'm only five feet tall and like I'm not the type for an ingenue. So like I was never going to have that kind of life in the theater. I'm a quirky character person, and I love that now that I'm older and sort of wiser, I guess, um, and I see the value in that. It's so much fun to get to play that hard. Um, and that's what I love about theater. I love the storytelling, and I love getting to play as an adult. Were you so, cast as Schombacher? No, no. Um, I do sing, but I am not an opera singer. No, they had real opera singers play those roles. Whoa. And it was awesome. It, I just saw a rehearsal, but it was really cool. And it was right over at the Miller Center. Yes. So it was just oh. really cool that something like that happened yeah. right here. Um, have, do you have any like uh, productions or performances as an audience member, audience goer, that like really stick out as like, wow, theater, holy mackerel, <laughs> like just... Thing, memories of performances you've seen or? You know, I love watching, this is going to sound really fancy. Um, I love Clown, which is not like um, like Bozo the Clown from childhood, but like, like the French tradition or the Italian tradition, like European Clown, where you're watching someone try and fail on stage and they just keep going. I And there's something like sort of like Cirque du Soleil Clowns. Um, I just love that. Yeah. It's playful and it's, fun and it's like really accessible and it uh I don't know that's that's one of my favorite things to watch um I also love like really good intense drama I love big outrageous musicals I love I don't know I just love theater yeah um my child is really into theater now he's almost 12 and it's so fun to get to introduce him to all of these things and to see things together that I've never seen. It's like we saw Wicked on Broadway and we saw Kinky Boots at the Fulton and to get to go and see these musicals together is really exciting. Um, and to introduce him to like my childhood favorites, we saw The Sound of Music together and mm. like I was in that as a kid and then we watched it and it's just, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The whole communal experience of theater is so delightful. Yeah. 
And your kid is delightful, too. Oh, thank you. He's I agree. Awesome. <laughs> he's yeah. really awesome. And he's got notes. Like, he's so yeah. smart. Like, thank we, you. we were devising one time. <laughs> it was like, um, you called it a creative lab. Yes. So it's like an opportunity, like, works in progress to, mm-hmm. like, show other artists who are also working where you're at in your process. And Abraham was there, and he had really great <laughs> feedback. I was like, do you have a master's degree? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's spent almost 10,000 hours in rehearsals with me. No. I mean, he's like... Yeah. Put the time in. So. Yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You're doing a great job. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. And you made him. I made him. <laughs> That's the recurring <laughs> I know. I listen to your podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can stay. Thanks. Oh, good. <laughs> Did you discover theater and acting on your own as a kid or was it something your family put you into? So um, my grandmother takes responsibility <laughs> For uh, You know, she says when I was one and a half, we played like ice cream store on her front porch. And that's when I was like introduced to imaginative play. And so she takes credit. Um, my mom says when I was a little kid and we would go to a restaurant, I would like walk around and sing for all the other tables. So <laughs> and like my mom always did theater. My grandmother was a flute player. So like and my great grandmother was actually a piano teacher. So like music and performing was in my family. So I did community theater as a kid with my mom and with my sister and then just kept going on my own when I got to high school. And then that's what I studied in college and kept doing it as much as I could. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> All because that ice cream stand I on know. the porch. <laughs> and I still love ice cream. I know you do. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yes. Oh, I wanted to ask, like, do you have any dream roles, like roles you've never played before, but you would, like, murder <laughs> someone to get a chance to play them? Um, I would probably never murder anyone, probably. <laughs> well, then we can... That's no fun. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I didn't make it. Um, I, so do you know the play Sylvia? Yeah. So it's about, um, there's a dog who's played by a woman and I think that would be so much fun. Um, I would love to play that role. I'm like almost too old for it, maybe too old for it. So we'll see. Um, I'd love to do some more Shakespeare. I did, I've done like two Shakespeare plays, but that's it's not something that Reading Theater Project does or that we see a lot around here, but it's like challenging in a in a different way than text that's sort of like the way you speak normally. Right. Um, but there's so much in it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess um, when I was in high school, I was obsessed with the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical Sunset Boulevard. Mm. Um, I saw it. Uh, like my mom took me to New York and I saw it on Broadway and then I saw it again and again. I saw it three times in a week because like I got the $25 student tickets. I was obsessed with it. Wow. Um, like there's just something, the role is so outrageous and fabulous. Um, and like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not enough of a singer anymore to play that role, but it would be a really fun role to play. Mm. Just something like just really out there. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that show at all. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I'll listen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is it based on the movie? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you know the movie? No. Sunset oh. Boulevard? I know. Oh, my God. I know. Take my card back. I'm out. <laughs> I have no comment because I've also not seen it. <laughs> That's oh it. Right. William Holden, Gloria Swanson. Yeah. I'll watch it. It's a classic. Watch it. You made it You'll like it. What? You made yeah, it you'll night? love it. Yes. Yeah, it's so good. Lady, you'll okay. love it. We should play it at the Goggle Works Theater. Oh, my God, yes. Okay. <laughs> we have talked at various points, Vicky and I, about, like, um, I love the Bernadette Peters Into the Woods. Mm. I love the Angela, Angela Lansbury, Sweeney Todd, mm. circling back to that. Like, I would love to do a series where we just take some mm. of those filmed Broadway musicals and get them on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good luck great. getting the rights. 
<laughs> I know. That's the other thing is we've – it's been a, a, a real learning process to discover just how hard certain titles are. Mm-hmm. So Disney acquired Fox, yep. which includes 20th Century Fox. So any movies from those studios are in the vault. And if someone wants to watch one of those movies, like Home Alone, for instance, yep, it's the holidays, it. um, not going to happen. And um, anything that's not Disney, it is largely up to the studios or the distributors who make those films or titles available how much they're going to tell us. Because you will never see a movie in a public space without someone having paid for it. Even if the movie is free to the audience, Mm -hmm. Mm. it still has to be paid for and there's no such thing as a free screening. Because someone made it. Right. Just to bring it back to this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You made it. And I'm into that. (laughs) I'm into artists getting paid for their work. And when you think about... It's not someone. That's true. And it's a I, lot of someone. Yeah, because there's the director, there's the casting director. There's, oh my god! You know, all the. St- I mean, if you of- watch the like the you know, at the end of the movie, that yeah. long, long, long list of people who's been involved. They made it. Yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good luck getting all of them on your podcast. <sighs> Damn it! It's a whole other podcast we have to do now. Okay. Just one movie. The whole <laughs> casting crew. The sponsors. Seventeen years later, yeah, yeah, we'll it's get a thousand it. episodes long. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it, it, yeah, that is something about film, and I think just, I guess, film is performing arts, in a sense. Yeah, media, performing arts. Yeah, yeah, You're that acting. like, because um, Gobbleworks is an art center, a center for the arts, and we focus on all different art forms. But a lot of those art forms can be very individualistic, right? A painter paints a painting. There is not a crew of people standing behind the painter being like, I think you should put your brush (laughs) there. And that in the performing arts and in media, that it is an ensemble. It's a team of people. It is always collaborative. And that means it's all the more work. You know, just like Joel, he was like, I had to step back because it's a lot of work to run a theater company. Um, And that's something that I think we really struggle with is just getting... uh, Everybody's schedules to line up, getting the buy-in, getting everything to coordinate and line up that those magical moments of live performance can happen. And I think that's something that I really started to learn in college and grad school is you learn not to take that for granted. Yeah. Right? That what a magical moment that all of these people agreed to be in the same room together and there is perfect silence because everybody agrees that's the rule of the space right now right like that's in and of itself just like mind shattering you know do you have a core group of people that work with you at the theater project or Um, is it different every production yes and no it's um there's people that we work with over and over again um and my goal is kind of to collect people um i think that like there's this thing called ensemble theater that you you build a group of people who work together and commit to working together over time. And then you can go deeper with the work each time because you already know each other. You already know how each other works and sort of what everyone brings to the table. So you don't have to do all of that introductory stuff mm-hmm. every single time. But Reading is a small community and like, you know, we're not, it's not our job, our, our job job. So it's hard to build a true ensemble here, but we do try to sort of collect people and the people that want to do the kind of work we're doing, because we're not doing big musicals and we're not doing plays that you've heard of most of the time. Sometimes we do. We did Our Town a few years ago. Um, 
usually we're doing something new and something written by either a local writer or something written by a, a current living playwright, you know, that hasn't been on Broadway or turned into a movie or whatever. Um, so you're not playing that role that you've always wanted to play. You're playing something you've never heard of. And that attracts a different kind of person. So typically once people figure out what we're doing, if they like it, they want to keep doing it. And we want to keep working with them. If someone wanted to get involved and don't have experience, do you take yeah. novice actors? <laughs> yeah, um, we're open to everyone. Um, so our next production is our annual Fringe Festival. This will be our eighth Fringe Festival. It's in February. And we have and basically our version of the Fringe Festival. It's called Five Minute Fringe, and it's just create a new work that's five minutes long. Uh, we make it five minutes so that it's easy to say yes to. We hope that it's an accessible kind of first try at creating new work. And we have a lot of people who have, maybe they've been an actor or a musician before, but they've never written their own text or written their own music or created their own dance or whatever. We've had, um, you know, just different people trying different things or, you know, stepping out of their comfort zone. That's really what it's all about. So yes, we want people who've never done this before to be involved. <laughs> See you at the next audition. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm ready break. for my close-up. <laughs> oh, nice Sunset Boulevard but link. there are no cameras in theater. Oh. I'm less Damn. interested. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and a fringe festival, just for folks who don't sure. know what that is. What is a fringe festival? Um, I don't know. It's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess like, so it starts like with the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Scotland. Um, it's just, it's new work. It's work that's not the mainstream. It's um, trying new things and pushing boundaries and, you know, just creating something new. And so in Reading, we're like the Fringe Theater because we're doing different things. We're not doing, um, like I said, big musicals or plays that you've necessarily heard of. Sometimes we do. Um, and we're always kind of pushing our own boundaries to see like how how can we do this play in a new way or how can we do a play at all in a new way? Could we do it outside? Could we do it stretched out over five different days? I don't know, like whatever it is. Um, we don't want to be like bound by the way things have always been done. We want to be creative and yeah. uh, be involved in the creative process in all the ways. Yeah. You're awesome. Oh, thanks. You're awesome. Oh. You're all awesome. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I didn't really, I wasn't super involved in theater growing up. It's not something that I usually like think of. Have to you ever been to a theater production? Yes, I have. So my, one of my good friends is in a master's program at Villanova. And oh, so I've cool. gone and seen a couple of his productions. But um, in the last one that I went to, I think it was called House of Desires. And it was this really cool, like one room theater. And it was like the Spanish like drama, but it was a, kind of like set up like a like modern reality dating show, <laughs> like the way they spoke and like the the colors is very vibrant and it was really cool to kind of um, with like zero expectations to be in a space with like these students who are. It was just really really a cool production and obviously he is awesome and I <laughs> loved it. But um, so yeah, I've done a couple things. I did stage crew in middle school. Okay. okay. Yeah, so I was the one pushing the button on the curtain. That's important. In our eighth grade production of The Little Mermaid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so wow. those are kind of, <laughs> that's like the limit of my, um, yeah, of my awareness. Oh, then now script prof too. So yeah. like, um, it's definitely something I've, I'm wanting to seek out more, I think. And I always forget that it's <laughs> got such like a, community in Reading and yeah. um there's a lot yeah. of theater here yeah. yeah yeah which is I'm excited to kind of start exploring that more I think yeah because it and sounds like fun 
Natalie's Cockney accent is so good that she's got a little bit of the performer bug, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to put you on the spot. Do it. I don't know about that vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. She's really good. And do you credit credit it with? Love Island UK. (laughs) I love that show. So much. If anyone wants to talk about it, please email us because <laughs> on our Love Island UK podcast, I'm gonna start one. Heard of it, girl? Oh, do you watch? Do you watch trash TV? Is no. it no? Do you watch Sorry. any TV? I um, only have streaming things. I okay. do watch a lot of TV shows, but favorite program? Oh, it's um, I'm like in the middle of White Lotus right now. <gasps> yes. Um, and I recently watched. Um, my crazy ex girlfriend, crazy ex girlfriend, which I really liked. Okay, um, it's like a musical band. sitcom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, it surprised me a lot, and I love being surprised creatively. So it was great. Yeah. Um, but like all time favorite is uh, you know like uh, anything with Tina Fey, Thirty Rock, <gasps> or um, a Philly native. Yeah. A Philly native. A Philly Heck native. yes, she is. I mean, no one does Upper a Darby. Delco accent uh, like oh, Tina Fey. I had this fantasy yeah. that she would be like driving past Reading and like stop off and go to Wawa, and I would also be there just by chance. I'd be like, Tina Fey, and she'd be like, "Who are you? You're so funny." Yeah. I was like, "I know, right? Let's be friends." And then we would become friends, but it hasn't happened yet. So well, Tina Fey, if you're still listening, time. she will listen. Call me. Yeah. Us. <laughs> Call all of us. All of we can us. all be friends with Tina Fey. Oh my okay, great. <laughs> so great. Great, great. And you love Arrested Development. Arre- oh, my God. Yes, yes. Arrested Development. Yeah, uh, I mean, Manager. I love weird comedy yeah. shows. And I really, yeah. what I like about you is I feel like we've talked about so many different, so many different types of theater and so many different styles and you don't yuck anybody else's yum, right? Like there's not... <laughs> There's not what you do with Reading Theater Project and kind of existing outside of some of those more mainstream doesn't lessen the value oh of my those goodness, mainstream. No. You know what I always say is like, there's so many people doing really good work. Like there's a lot of people doing musicals. So I don't need to do that because it's already being done here. Right. Um, like I don't have anything else to add at this point. If I do, then I'll I'll do it. Sometimes we do musicals. I've written operas, like whatever, but um, you know, when I when I moved here and I met Joel and we were talking about what do we want to make, it was no one's creating original work, no one's like cultivating a community of writers, playwrights here, and no one's telling the stories of Reading. So let's do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, As a maker, you identified the gap, right? Like yeah. the place where nothing yeah. was happening, and then you filled yeah. it in. And there's so much theater here. Sometimes I think maybe like I should stop doing it for a while and no. just let someone else have a chance. No, don't you ever stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like I need a break. <laughs> Not allowed. So, so yeah. we. <laughs> so you said the Fringe Festival. Yeah. Anything else coming down the pike for you? That is the main focus right now. I'm okay. directing it this year, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, yeah. yeah. So I love this project. I love seeing all kinds of people create something new. It's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and the audience loves it because it's like so many different things and it's such a creative experience even just to watch it um, yeah. and see all different kinds of performance and yeah. um, be inspired so and where is that hosted that will be at the Yoakum Institute's Shumo Theater it's a black box theater mm. um, they have parking just like here they have parking they have a beautiful space um, it's really nice nice last Thro- year was it online um, last or- year was at Yoakum but the year before that it was online gotcha. yeah during the pandemic yeah. that was Weird, but I'm glad we got to do it. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it hits more people then too. Yeah, we, I mean, like hundreds of people a night and usually we have maybe a hundred people a night. So it, you know, it's, wow. it's funny what the pandemic did for all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Definitely broadened our reach. Almost every theater person I knew, no, somehow got involved in something like the theater of Zoom. Yeah. I mean, I think we had to. Like, I feel like theater people have to keep like working together. Like I've always been a groups person and that's part of why I love theater is the group. Yeah. Um, and so like the isolation of the pandemic was so oppressive that it was like, how can I connect with other people in some way, even if it's just their faces? Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, we did a lot of zoom theater, not my favorite. No, um, no. the timing is so <laughs> painful. Yeah. Awkward. I've seen <laughs> zoom plays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oof. but with our French festival, it was just individual people doing things. So it was uh, more satisfying. Yeah. 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 Are you an extrovert? I don't think so. What do you do to recharge? What <clears throat> fills your cup? Um, I like reading. I like uh, watching TV. I like uh, like taking walks with my dog and my child. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, like really good one-on-one or small groups like this. Yeah. Um, I love parties and events, but I get really overwhelmed. Um, also, I'm really short, so it's like I feel like I have to wear heels or be sitting down with people to have a real conversation with them. Yeah. Otherwise, it goes over my head, literally. Literally. I could probably so. find you like a really tall beret. Just one oh, that like. And a very tall turtleneck. <laughs> cover my whole face. That would make you noticeable. So I'm in. Great. On the screen. So you're still yes. on Zoom, you know? Perfect. This is going to be the weirdest Hallmark movie ever. We got the guy with the amnesia and the woman with the turtleneck covering her I face. It'll it. probably also be the most popular. Yeah. 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 Um, where can people find you? Not um, like your home address, but like, <laughs> are you on- <laughs> I live in West Reading. Um, actually, I love West Reading. Um, please go to West Reading. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I'm the Reading Theater Project at this point. So on Facebook, it's Reading Theater Project. And on Instagram, it's Reading Theater Project. And on the internet, it's readingtheaterproject.org. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. Is Reading Theater Project ER or RE? It's ER. What, can we talk about that? Real? Can we just like wrap this all up? American, American. So Ari is European. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Theater. I just like. I feel like because it's fancier, oh, it's yeah. what I prefer. I do too, and I had okay. to train my fingers to type er. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, Fox Theaters, where I work during the day, is re. And then writing theater project is er. Well, that feels like a mess. So it's. Like, I really, I have to talk to my fingers when they're typing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure yeah. they're doing the right thing. But they've gotten it now. Maybe all these just years later. lose the E. The E's not yeah, doing anything back there. that's such a good idea. Just T-H-E. That feels T-H-E- like Polish or something. <laughs> T-H-E-A-T-R. A-T-R. Yeah. Call it a day. That feels, like an, that feels like an app someone would make. Theater. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. We're doing it. Great. <laughs> um, anything else that you want to tell us about? You, wow. while we're here celebrating how awesome you are. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is really fun. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. coming. Hi, yeah. Come back again. Any- Come yeah. to the Five Minute Fringe. Come to the Five Minute February. Fringe. It's February 16th through 19th. And are you, you're taking submissions now. We are till December 27th. Interesting. Maybe I'll clown around for you. Oh my gosh. Whoa. That would make me very happy. I love to fail at things. Uh, so good. For an audience. Yes. <laughs> That's... Yeah. Yes, that's I mean, why we like each other. Yeah, I mean, the clowning that Vicky was talking about, it's like it taps into the human condition. Yes. It's like what makes it so funny to be human is like no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you want to be right or perfect or do it well, 
you're going to fail. So, like, better to have a sense of humor about yes. it. Like, let's all stop taking ourselves so seriously. For seriously. real. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yes. Seriously. Can't believe you would even say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> In that. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Vicky. Thank you for having me. You're the light of my life. Aw, so nice. Thank you. Wow. See you around. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. We did it. Bye. <laughs> I oh made gosh. it. You I made, made it. it. Yes. Oh, dear listener, thank you for joining us today. We are so glad you could make it. Catch us next time on Spotify and probably soon another podcast platform. Huge thanks to Jay at Pagoda City Records, Goggleworks, and all the wonderful people out there making stuff. Keep doing your thing. See ya. Adios. Peace out.